the Woodside Church Podcast. Hello, I'm Tim and today I'm introducing our new autumn series which is based on the book of 2 Timothy and it's entitled Fan the Flame. I'm going to introduce our series first of all. Paul wrote this letter while in prison, when he was in isolation, or you could even say he was in lockdown. And he was writing to Timothy. Timothy had a long-standing faith. He was invited by Paul to join him on his missionary journeys. Uh, Paul fathered him in the faith. Timothy became an effective leader and co-worker with Paul. And Paul longed to see Timothy, but his current restrictions wouldn't allow it. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? And within this letter, Paul encourages Timothy towards actions that will make him strong in the Lord, cause him to grow in his faith and be effective in ministry, even at a time when he is separated from Paul. Now, this letter is part of our Bible, and it's also God's word to us. God wants us strong in him to remain faithful and to be effective in serving him, even with the current restrictions that we face due to the global pandemic, when really right now, as Christians, we still need to dig deep. In the coming weeks, we're going to see uh, a number of messages from different preachers, and next week is going to be entitled Unchained Witness. And even though Paul was chained in prison, he said to Timothy, the word of God cannot be chained. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to talk to others about Jesus. The following week is going to be entitled, Hold On. And Paul said to Timothy, hold on to the pattern of teaching that you learn from me. We remain faithful and grow strong when we hold on to the word of God. And then the week after that, the title will be Heartfelt Love. And we'll be inspired by Paul's heartfelt love for Timothy and the example of a loving believer who frequently visited and encouraged Paul in prison. We'll be reminded that the source of our love is the Holy Spirit within us. And then the week after that, persistent prayer. We'll get an insight into Paul's prayer life and will be stirred and encouraged afresh, learning about the help that the Holy Spirit gives us when we pray. And then really important message on patient endurance. Paul said to Timothy, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The Christian life, as we know, is not an easygoing, do-as-you-like kind of lifestyle. It involves sacrifice, discipline, patience, and at times hardship for the sake of the kingdom. We'll look at Paul's insight into the patient endurance that we need. And then run. And this will be a message about holiness and purity. When Paul said to Timothy, run from every anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love and peace. And then finally, will be focus on eternity. Paul said to Timothy, I know the one in whom I trust and I'm sure that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him until the day of his return. As we find our confidence in the eternal hope ahead of us, we grow stronger in our faith now.
Now, through preaching this series, we want to remind and encourage you to be stirred in these things, to fan the flame again. And I'd like to suggest that uh, between now and next week, maybe you'd like to read through 2 Timothy in its entirety in advance. Uh, in my large print Bible, it's only five pages. And so it isn't a, a book that's going to take a long read. So to today's title, which is Fan Into Flames. This is about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Early in the letter, Paul exhorted Timothy, fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you. We cannot overstate the importance of being filled with, empowered by and reliant on the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he imparts. So let's start by reading uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm uh, going to start with the first few verses that lead to the three that I'm going to be expounding on. Uh, so 2 Timothy 1 verses 1 to 7. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I've been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. I'm writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord give you grace, mercy and peace. Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again. For I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we're together again. And then we get to verses five to seven, when Paul gives Timothy a personal history lesson. Verse five. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands upon you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. Now, how do we know that it's the Holy Spirit that Paul is referring to in verse 6? Well, most commentators say that the spiritual gift that Paul is talking about is the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is proven by what follows in verse 7, where it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. In fact, Gordon Fee, in his commentary, God's Empowering Presence, says that the Good News translation puts it perfectly like this. For the spirit that God has given us does not make us timid. Instead, his spirit fills us with power, love and self-control. Fills us with power. It was Jesus who said to his disciples after his resurrection and before his ascension in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And we know that love and self-control are both fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, 
The gift of the Holy Spirit is an experienced reality. When Paul was writing to Timothy, he reminded him that there was a time and place that Timothy could look back on. When Paul laid his hands upon him and no doubt was praying God's blessing, and when he received empowerment from God for service. For me, I look back to the summer of 1973 when I was a 17 year old. My parents were renting a temporary house in rural Suffolk, just a very short distance from where the great Victorian preacher Charles Spurgeon was baptised. A friend and I, both Christians, had been chatting openly about the dissatisfaction we had with our Christian lives. We wanted more and we felt spiritually dry. And it resulted in a decision that we made to pray through the night, seeking God about this. So we went out late one evening to a quiet place in my friend's small car. He got in the back of the car and I started to pray. Well, as I prayed, I noticed that behind me things had got rather quiet. So I looked round behind and I noticed that my friend had fallen fast asleep. So I woke him up and he, in a very muffled voice, said, right, you carry on praying. So I led us in prayer again, but I noticed that he also then fell asleep. And this went on two or three times. And I gave up waking him up and I just decided to carry on reading my Bible. And right in front of me was Galatians 5. And I found myself reading verses 22 and 23, which were the list of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And it was as if God was holding up a mirror to me, showing me what I was not like, but how he wanted me to be. He put a spotlight on some of the attitudes that I had, which were not pleasing to him. Some of the things that I would say and the things that I would talk about. Um, some of the uh, thoughts that I have and some of my behaviours. And I just said sorry. And I asked God for his forgiveness. It wasn't dramatic, but it was heartfelt. And I really meant it. But I looked back again and my friend was still fast asleep. So I woke him up and when he was awake enough, he drove me home. I went to sleep and the next day followed. During that day, I noticed in uh, my parents' house where I was staying that there was a, my mum had left her Bible notes on a table every day with Jesus. And the whole theme for that month in her Bible notes was the Holy Spirit and his ministry. And there was a photograph of a wonderful waterfall, fresh water flowing over the uh, waterfall and um, in uh, over the top of it, overlaid, was John 7, 37 to 38, where Jesus said, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And we know from the commentary in John that Jesus was speaking about the Holy Spirit. And I wanted this, but I didn't know how to receive. So a few days later, I was sitting up in bed at the end of the day praying uh, it wasn't particularly dramatic. It was, uh, I was just praying for family and friends and, and just, I don't know what now, but it, it was pretty dry. It wasn't particularly exciting. But unexpectedly, 
I suddenly felt waves of God's love and joy and peace physically pulsating through me from head to toe and a real sense of God's presence. And I was overwhelmed and I started to praise him in a language that I'd never learned and asked him, even though he was really doing it anyway, fill me, baptize me with your Holy Spirit. And from then on, I found a new love for God and for others that I really genuinely hadn't had before. I couldn't get enough of reading the Bible. I kept wanting to tell others about Jesus. A leadership gift began to emerge and in ensuing years we've seen God do amazing things. But there are many times when I've needed again to fan into flames the gift of the Holy Spirit within me. In fact, just looking back to the story I've told you has helped me to do that again. Whatever your story, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives within you. Look back on a time when you were the most alive in Christ, the most passionate for him, the most aware of being full of the Holy Spirit. And then in Paul's words to Timothy, fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you. Now, that description, fan into flames, in the literal Greek means one of two things. Either to kindle afresh, which is a bit like happens when I'm lighting a barbecue and it hasn't really come full of light, but there are some flames and I end up with a, the, the lid of an ice cream uh, container and I'm waving it frantically uh, to try and get the flames to spread through the whole barbecue. Kindle afresh. Or to keep in full flame. It's a bit like, like when you've got a lovely winter uh, fire uh, going and uh, it's a log fire and it's doing really well. But to keep it going all evening, you put another log on. You uh, keep uh, in full, keep the fire in full flame. Both require intentionality. It's not something you just wait passively to happen. It's something you do. And Paul is saying to Timothy and the word of God is saying to us, you fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you. Well, how do we do this? Well, I'm just going to share with you four things that you can do on your own that I in my own life have found personally helpful. And the first one is ask. In Luke eleven thirteen, Jesus said, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, the actual uh, tense of that word, the Greek tense, um, is in the present continuous. It's really those who go on continually asking him. It's not just a one off thing. It's keep asking, Lord, fill me afresh uh, with your Holy Spirit. It's uh, the same tense that Paul uses in um, Ephesians 5 when he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Actually, it's go on continually be fill being filled uh, with the Holy Spirit. And so pray, ask God any time in the day, particularly the beginning of the day, Lord, fill me afresh with your spirit today. Lord, as I look uh, ahead to a, a day at work Oh, fill me afresh with your spirit. Use me in any way for your glory. Uh, give me all that I need 
to get through the day and to do uh, well, giving you glory. In every life situation you find yourself in, for those of you who are parents and looking after your children at home, then you might just find, fill me afresh as I care for my children, as I take them on the school run, as I look after the little ones. Let me know your presence with me. Let me know your joy. Let me know your patience that comes through being filled with your spirit. It's simply asking, asking in every circumstance that we're in, asking as many times as we feel stirred to do so and as we like. Fill me afresh with your spirit. The second thing is use the gift of tongues. In 1 Corinthians 14.4, Paul says a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. Now in that same verse, he goes on to say, but one who speaks in a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. He's saying that in the same way that someone who prophesies in a congregation of God's people builds the church up, brings them encouragement, strengthens them. So when you speak in your own personal prayer language, in the language that God has given you miraculously, what the Bible calls the gift of tongues or gift of languages, then you will be strengthened personally. It's the same idea as a battery being recharged. It's being re-energized, re-strengthened. And I have found that using that gift, if God has graced you with that gift, it makes a difference. And it makes us aware and open to the Holy Spirit and his workings. And then thirdly, we find another in Romans 8, verses 5 to 6, set your mind on the Holy Spirit. It says this, those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. So what does it mean, set your mind? Well, it means thinking about the Holy Spirit thinking about the things that the Holy Spirit does, thinking about who he is. You know, you can think, well, the Holy Spirit is a person and he lives in me. We can fellowship with the Holy Spirit. As it says in the scripture, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the word koinonia, fellowship, deep, intimate friendship, we can enjoy his presence. Mindset on the spirit is life and peace. And if you want to remember those three <clears throat> tips, those three things that I've mentioned, well, it's ask, A, uh, use, the, if, use the gift of tongues, T, and uh, mindset on the spirit, M, ATM, just think of a cash machine in a wall. And if you want to think of several of those uh, uh, cash machines, uh, then uh, just add an S, ATMs, uh, because the last one is beginning with a step out. Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you, to prompt you, to ask him to open up opportunities for you. Listen to his promptings, listening to his voice, learning to hear him. Uh, through the day, walking in step with him. So when we fan into flames the gift of the Holy Spirit within us, we are filled with him again. We're open to be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we find our first love for him afresh and find empowerment for living. 
Now, this was a personal letter from Paul to Timothy, who was possibly prone to fear and timidity, a lack of confidence, maybe because of insecurity. So Paul reminded him of the difference the Holy Spirit makes in our lives. In verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. The power of the Holy Spirit within us has enabled many a naturally timid person to develop a boldness not their own when called in the name of Jesus to fulfil a difficult task. Fear and timidity gets replaced by power, love and self-control. God will never commission you to a task without equipping and empowering you to do it. The spirit of love is indispensable. 1 John 4, 18, but perfect love casts out fear. And God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. More about this in a few weeks time. And then a spirit of self-discipline or self-control is also a fruit of the Holy Spirit's indwelling. If you're going to influence others in the things of God, you need to be able to lead and influence yourself. The Holy Spirit enables you to control your actions and thoughts, preventing you from rash behaviour and enabling you to live a life of obedience to God's word, which is a very precious gift of God indeed. So Paul acknowledges Timothy's genuine and strong faith and then writes to him this. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. God, through his word, is encouraging us too to fan into flames the gift of the Holy Spirit within us. Let's go on asking him to fill us. Let's use the gifts of the Holy Spirit that he has given us. Let's set our minds on the things of the Spirit and let us step out walking by the Spirit in our everyday lives. Let's pray together. Father God, we are sorry when we take the presence of your Spirit in our lives for granted. Right now, we thank you for giving us your spirit to empower us and fill us with life in you. We come to you again right now and we ask you to fill us afresh with the Holy Spirit. Please help us to learn from Paul's exhortation to Timothy and to ongoingly fan the flames, the gift of your spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.